how good it is to worship our great God. Amen? I mean, doesn't that just help bring things into focus and put things into perspective and uh, how good it is and to sing some Christmas songs as well. We've been on a journey this year here at Grace Church, have we not? We have been studying systematically through the book, The Gospel of Mark, and we have been engaged in a sermon series which I call When Kingdoms Collide. That is how God, through Jesus Christ, brings His kingdom to earth through the person of Jesus. And um, we know that that kingdom is yet unfulfilled, right? Jesus Christ kind of inaugurated that kingdom at His first coming, and at one time, at His second coming, it will be fulfilled. It will be made complete, and sin and the devil will be eradicated once and for all. Sound good? Sounds good to me, all right? So the season of Advent, then, as you know, is a time of anticipation and expectation, a time of self-examination and preparation for the coming of Jesus. And how many of you know that Advent always has a kind of double meaning, right? There's the, the waiting and preparation for Jesus at His first coming. We celebrate Christmas and Oh my goodness, that is coming up so fast. You got your Christmas shopping done? All right, so that is coming up so fast. We're going to celebrate Jesus' first coming at Christmas time. And so Advent, as we light these candles, the growing crescendo of light as Jesus comes into the world. So we kind of rehearse that each year during Advent. But then also, the second meaning of Advent is that we are to be preparing our lives for the second return of Jesus. And how many of you know Jesus is coming again? All right. How many of you know it could be soon and very soon? Okay. How many of you know it may come and surprise a lot of people? And, uh, but not Grace Church. We, we will be ready, right? You will be ready and prepared for the coming of Jesus. So today we begin a brand new Advent series uh, which, as I mentioned last week, some of it came to me as I was swimming in the pool the other week, although it's been percolating around in my head for weeks and a couple of months already, but uh, things sort of came together the other week, and uh, I am so happy to be able to present it for you. It's called Our Living Hope, and today we're looking at a scripture passage from 1 Peter chapter 1, and we're going to begin at verse 1 and read through chapter uh, verse 9 of 1 Peter. So you can just simply follow the words on the screen as I read them for you. Let us hear from the Apostle Peter this morning. Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ, to God's elect strangers in the world scattered throughout Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia, who have been chosen according to the foreknowledge of God the Father through the sanctifying work of the Spirit for obedience to Jesus Christ and sprinkling by His blood. This is the greeting part of the letter. Grace and peace be yours in abundance. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, in His great mercy, He has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade, kept in heaven for you, 
who through faith are shielded by God's power until the coming of the salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. In this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while you may have had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. But these have come so that your faith of greater worth than gold, which perishes even though refined by fire, may be proved genuine and may result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. Though you have not seen him, you love him, and even though you do not see him now, you believe in him and are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy. For you are receiving the goal of your faith, the salvation of your soul. Somebody say amen. Amen. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let's pray. Lord and God, we come before you today thanking you, praising you that we have this living hope. It's not a dead hope. It's living. It is alive. It is fresh. It is breathing within us. It, it is a hope which our, with which our hearts beat with every day. Because, O oh Lord, how we long to see your kingdom come in all of its fullness when Jesus comes into this world, even at his second coming. So, Lord, would you come? Would you come today? Would you enter our hearts? Would you enter this place? Would you help us to worship you? And this we ask, and this we pray it, in Jesus' name, amen. People loved by God, have you ever felt that there has got to be more to life than this? Oh God, I try to be a good Christian. Lord, I try to follow Jesus Christ. You know my heart. You know that I really do love you. I want to obey you. I want to follow you. Lord, I'm trying my best. I read my Bible. I pray regularly. Lord, I go to church. I give an offering. I volunteer when I can. And, and why, I even filled an Operation Christmas Child shoebox this year. Oh, Lord, I do all of these things. I'm trying really hard to follow Jesus. And yet I feel empty. There are times and days in my life where I feel dead inside. Lord, I know that you have come that we might have life and have it abundantly, and yet still I feel dry and dull. Lord, I guess I'm going through a spiritual desert. But oh Lord, how I long to be fulfilled, to be restored. Lord, I'm longing for more. There must be more. God, something is missing. Fill me with your spirit. Let me drink from the fountain again.
Dear God, how many prayers must I pray? Lord, I have prayed over and over and over again for healing for my back. And yet your healing eludes me. Lord, why? Why won't you heal me? My life could be so much better, so much easier without this this thorn in the flesh. Lord, I know that you hear my prayers. I know that you answer prayers. I believe that you are good. Lord, you are the great physician. You are the great healer. Lord, I'm calling out. I'm crying out to you. Heal me. Please. Give me relief from this pain. Lord, why don't you heal? Oh, Lord, I'm longing for healing here. Please help. Dear Jesus, you you weren't kidding when you said, in this world you will have trouble. You were 100% absolutely correct when you said that. But Jesus, why does it always seem like I get more than my share of trouble in this world? Lord, I don't even know where to begin. My health seems to be failing. My job's not working out right now. The bills are piling up. I took a financial hit this year. God, my relationship with my wife is on the rocks. The children are sick. We've lost loved ones this past year, and even the family pet died, Lord. Please. I know that your word tells us that you will never give us more than we can bear, but Lord, (laughs) enough already. This feels like too much. Lord, where are you? Where's that abundant life? Won't you bring me some relief? Can't things go well for just one week? Please, God, please. I'm longing for something better. You don't have to live many years to know that something is missing, that something is seriously wrong with life on planet Earth. Our bodies don't always work the way that they should. Your job doesn't always go the way you want it to. Our marriages and families don't always run smoothly. People lose their job, people get divorced, loved ones die. You finally get to retirement only to realize that those golden years, they're not really all that golden, are they? 
Life in this fallen, broken world, it often hurts. It is riddled with pain and heartache, suffering. There's injustice, there's evil, there's tensions, there's war, there's heartache. And the list goes on and on and things are not the way that they should be. You know what I'm talking about. But here's the good news. The very fact that you know that something is wrong is a good thing. The very fact that you feel unfulfilled is actually reason for hope. For we know that we were created for something more, something higher, something deeper, something more satisfying to our souls. And that pain, that emptiness, that loneliness, that suffering, it only points us to the fact that this is not the way that God intended life to be on planet Earth. Pain and suffering only entered into this world along with death because of the sins of Adam and Eve. And we know that that sin has been transmuted onto us. It is spread like a disease down through all of the generations and through all of history to the human race, including you and me. These, are, these things are not God's intent. They're not His plan A, if you will. You were designed and destined for something greater. And the fact that your heart aches tells you this is true. Today's passage, 1 Peter, gives us a glimpse into that something greater for which you and I were created. Peter writes to God's elect, strangers in this world. How many of you know we are strangers in this world? Some of you are stranger than others, but uh, there's, you know, we're all strangers here. This world is not our home. Paul is writing to believers who've been called by God, chosen by God, elect, he uses the term, Christians, even to you and me, these early believers were undergoing persecution and pain and suffering as a result of their faith. And maybe you are going through some pain or suffering in your life even today or maybe in a season of difficulty in your life. And Peter reminds struggling believers that God has called them and chosen them for His purpose to be saved and to be sanctified in Jesus. For this is your destiny. In His great mercy, God has given us a new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus from the dead and to an inheritance kept in heaven for you. Did you know that you have an inheritance coming? I mean, some of you might have a physical inheritance coming from from a mom or dad, uh, or maybe you've already received that inheritance when they they died, Um, but we have an inheritance kept in heaven by Jesus Christ for you. The days ahead are brighter than the days behind you. 
is Annie would sing, the sun will come out tomorrow, tomorrow. Notice this is a living hope. It's alive. It's in your heart today. We haven't yet attained it. It's in our glorious future. So we wait for it patiently. A hope, not only that which that, that we, like Jesus, will be resurrected unto new life, but that we shall receive this inheritance that can never perish or spoil or fade. Nothing can touch it. Nothing can tarnish it. How many of you know that things in this world, they tend to spoil and perish and fade, right? I mean, I've got something in my refrigerator right now. It's on the bottom shelf. It's in the back, and I don't know, it's got like green stuff growing on it, right? I mean, I think it was even moving around this morning, you know, when I opened the door. It's like, I don't know, this thing is uh, something, something is, is spoiling in my refrigerator. Maybe it's leftover turkey. I don't know. No, it's, it's not that fast, you buy a new car, and it's nice for a month, and then somebody puts a door ding in it, and it, you know, it's, it's not as nice. You buy new clothes, and, and they look great. You pull them off the shelf or off the rack at the, at the, the department store, and you, you wear them a couple times, and you, you wash them, and they're just not, you know, they start to fade. They're not as nice, not as lustrous as they once were, and you have a car that rusts, and, and things perish, um, Pets die, and grandma and grandpas die, and loved ones pass on. But not your inheritance. Not your inheritance. Kept by Jesus. Maybe some of you have a post office box, and you keep things in there, something very special, very important, certain documents that you have in there, and, and uh, you know maybe the abstract to your property, whatever's in there, I don't know, maybe the title to your house is... You have important things there. They are kept there. Well, guess what? Jesus is keeping for you this inheritance that can never perish or spoil or fade. A better day is coming, my friends. I got out of bed to tell you today that the days ahead of you will be brighter than the days that are behind you. I can't even imagine how anyone could go through life without faith in Jesus Christ. I, I don't understand. I mean, it'd be really hard, I think, for people who don't believe in Jesus. How do they get through their struggles? How do you get through your pain? I mean, this is a place of hope. Amen? Amen. How many of you have this living hope for a better tomorrow? Amen? How many of you know that a better day is coming? How many of you know that Jesus Christ guarantees your place in heaven? In the balance of this talk, I would like to share with you four amazing things about your life to come. And you might want to grab your outline and write them in as we go. At least four things that characterize your amazing life to come. Number one, perfect peace. Just say it with me. Perfect peace. Isaiah 11 paints a picture of this peaceful kingdom of God. The wolf will live with the lamb, the leopard will lie down with the goat, the calf and the lion and the yearling together, and a little child will lead them. The cow will feed with the bear, their young will lie down together, the lion will eat straw like the ox, the infant will play near the hole of the cobra, and the young child put his hand into the viper's nest. But they will neither harm nor destroy on all my holy mountain, for the earth will be full of the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. Amen? 
Wow, what a picture of peace in all of creation. The lion and the lamb laying down together. Who ever heard of such a thing? But in the kingdom of God, it's a reality. But it's not just peace in the animal kingdom. It is peace for human beings. Ephesians 2 tells us that you who are in Christ, you were once far away. But you've now been brought near through the blood of Jesus Christ, for he himself is our peace. Say it with me. He himself is our peace. He's made the two one. The two what? That we're talking about Jews and Gentiles and God's chosen people versus everybody else. But he's destroyed the barrier, the dividing wall of hostility between them by abolishing in his flesh the law with its commandments and regulations. His purpose was to create in himself one new man, out of the two, thus making peace. Consider all of the divisions in our world today. All of the things that would divide us. Gender, education, jobs, races, nationalities, skin color, languages, preferences. The list goes on and on and on. But Jesus levels the playing field. He reconciles us to himself. It's hard to imagine a world in which there are no wars or racial divides or political rivals or no arguments, no relationship breakups, no tension between you and your spouse or children or family and friends and no denominations of of differing faiths and differing Christian churches, but just one. I mean, what what would the cable news channels talk about? I mean, really? You know, just perfect peace in the kingdom of God. What will we do? Romans 5.1 says, Since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Some of you are anxious today. Some of you have a lot of worry in your heart. You're nervous. But in the kingdom of God, we experience perfect peace. Just perfect peace. That's it. Peace with God. Peace with each other. Peace with yourself. Amen? Oh, boy, I like that. Number two, a second characteristic of your amazing life to come, not only perfect peace, but unending joy. Say it with me, unending joy. Romans 14, 17 says, For the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Say it with me, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Galatians 5, cites joy as one of the nine fruits of the Spirit. And John has a tremendous vision, an overwhelming vision of this joy manifest even on planet earth at the coming of Jesus. Revelation chapter 21. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away. There was no longer any sea. I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride, beautifully dressed for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Now the dwelling of God is with men, with people, and He will be with them. He will live with them. They will be His people. And God Himself will be with them, with you, and be their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death 
or mourning or crying or pain. For the old order of things has passed away. It's almost, it's hard to imagine. I can only imagine. And then this picture of this sort of consummation, if you will. We know, we know that Jesus is the bride and we are his bridegroom. Amen? And one day Jesus is coming back and what a great consummation that would be. I mean, think a husband and wife on their honeymoon night and how special and how good that is and, and just the joy of that. And imagine a place with no hardship, no hurts, no pain, no suffering, no death. I mean, sounds too good to be true. And all of your hurts and the frustrations of this broken, fallen world will be wiped away by the hand of God like He wipes tears away from you, from your eyes. It's all gone. It's all deleted. No more. No more death or crying or pain. And all you will ever know is joy, deep inexpressible, irrepressible, effervescent, abounding, unending joy, morning and night, every day. I mean, remember how when you were a kid, how you looked forward to Christmas Day, Christmas morning, and maybe some of you had that tradition. Sometimes we open presents on Christmas Eve. Shh, don't tell anybody. But, you know, some of you, some of you do too. I know. But, it, so, but, but sometimes we'd open them on Christmas Day, and the family would come over. And when you're a kid, you can hardly wait. I mean, you hardly sleep all night because, you're, you know, you wake up and look at the clock or your watch, and is it morning yet? You can't wait to get in the living room or wherever and open up those presents. The tree has got presents under it, and you're just filled with joy and the oh man you're just excited but in the kingdom of god it's like christmas morning every day every day his mercies are new every morning and and jesus is coming and you wake up and there's more gifts from god and and more blessing to be had and jesus just keeps getting better and better it's just like wow this is so much We have a living hope today because of the unending joy that one day we will experience. Amen? Amen. Perfect peace, unending joy. Thirdly, universal righteousness. Say it with me. Universal righteousness. Isaiah 9 says, For to us a child is born. Who is this child? Jesus. To us a son is given. Whose son? The son of God. The government will be on his shoulders and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. We just sung about that. Of the increase of his government and peace there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. You can bet on it. It's it's a done deal. This is what will happen. God has promised it. Isaiah's prophecy points to the righteous reign of Jesus. Jesus will be wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. His reign, his government will have no end. But how will he reign? With justice and with righteousness. Imagine a time when righteousness covers the whole earth. No more corruption or deception or need for military might. No more injustices. No more violation of human rights. No more put-downs or getting away with evil or criminals on the loose. No more abuse. No more hunger. No need for judges or courts or jails or prisons. Life and relationships will work the way that they were supposed to. 
A time when each and every person is heard and valued and esteemed. A time when liars and cheats and bullies and thieves are no more. When Jesus rules the world with truth and grace, as we're going to sing in a little bit. Where righteousness and justice prevail. And where every wrong is righted. And life is pure and true. This is our living hope. Perfect peace. Unending joy. Universal righteousness. Number four. Complete restoration. Say it with me. Complete restoration. In Romans 8. Paul says, we know that the whole creation has been groaning as in the pains of childbirth right up to the present time. How many here are mothers? Show of hands, you're proud of it. Mothers, where are you? Your mothers, how many have some pain in childbirth? Can I get an amen? Yes, okay, all right. You know this, there is something being born. There is something being born in this world and the kingdom of God is breaking in and and right now we're groaning. This whole creation is groaning. We're in the pain. It's hard. It's suffering. Not only so, but we ourselves who have the first fruits of the Spirit, we groan inwardly and we wait eagerly for our adoption as sons and daughters. I can't wait to be in God's family totally, completely and, and the redemption of our bodies. Anybody wake up with some aches and pains this morning? Paul acknowledges the pain of this broken world, a pain which affects all of creation and you and me, even our bodies. And you wake up with some aches and pains and your heart isn't working properly or your bowels aren't doing their job. Your muscles are stiff and sore, you're achy, you look in the mirror and you see a few more wrinkles and there's bags under the eyes and your face is getting more droopy and your hair's falling out and you're just a mess like me. You're battling the, you're fighting the battle of the bulge and you've got Dunlap disease, your belly Dunlap, your belt. And it's rough. And yet Paul can say in Romans 8:18, 8, I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. He's not making light of your present sufferings, they're very real. But he's just saying in comparison though that which awaits us is so much greater you can't even compare it. Jesus said in Matthew 19, At the renewal of all things, stop right there, there's going to be a renewal. In Acts 3, 21, tells us that Jesus must remain in heaven until the time comes for God to restore everything when Jesus returns for the second time. And Jesus simply puts it this way in Revelation 21, 5, I am making all things new. Anybody like new things? I do. Can't imagine what this world is going to be like when it's completely restored in my body. I mean, I might even get a full head of hair. You won't even recognize me in heaven. I mean, it's like, who's that guy? You know? But a day of complete restoration is coming. 
A day when creation is restored to its original beauty and balance, when pollution and floods and fires and global warming are no more. A day when your body will be totally healed. You won't even have to see doctors. What are you going to do with your time? No more doctor's appointments. I mean, when you wake up with no aches or pains and you don't have to take medication or pills or you don't need prescriptions or to go to the pharmacy, when you can no longer have to cope with chronic pain. A day when you can eat anything you want to and it agrees with you. A day when you will walk and not grow tired. You can run and not be faint. You can breathe and not have allergies. I mean, this is your future. This is our living hope. And this is the teaching of Scripture regarding your amazing life to come. That which will come when Jesus returns a second time, it's already started in part now. We have some peace, don't we? We have some joy. There's some things that are restored through Jesus Christ. There's some righteousness. Praise God for that. But imagine when all of that is full and there's no evil or sin anymore. This is your future. It's a future that is kept in heaven for you by Jesus Christ, and it cannot spoil or fade or perish. It's guaranteed. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. Jesus himself says, nothing can snatch you out of my hand. He said, and nothing can snatch you out of the Father's hand. I and the Father are one. You are secure in his hands even the arms of the good shepherd. Yes, Jesus is keeping this room, your inheritance, just for you. He's waiting for you. He is coming again. And ultimately, this is the kind of life that we all long for, isn't it? Really, that every human being on the planet longs for. And that's why it's so good news that we have to share it. We have to go tell it on the mountains. You who suffer today, this is good news. You who hurt and ache today, this is good news. You who are depressed and down, this is good news. You who are tired of life on this planet, this is good news. For Jesus is coming and coming again. And this is our living, breathing hope. May we hold on to it every day of our lives. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for the living hope that is ours. And we thank you, God, for the encouragement that we get from Scripture on this. It is so easy to look around and feel defeated. It is so easy to... Notice all of the aches and pains in our bodies and feel defeated. Lord, it is easy to, when faced with struggle and hardship, to want to give up and feel defeated. But Lord, we are not defeated. For we have not just an ordinary hope. It's not just wishful thinking. No, it is a living hope. It is the very hope of Jesus living in us, His coming, His second coming, the kingdom that awaits us. 
And so, Lord, maybe today there are those here who need more peace. Maybe there are those who need more joy. There are those who could use more righteousness in their lives. Lord, we all long for a complete restoration of this world and our bodies, life as it was intended to be lived. Thank you, God, for sending Jesus Christ, for caring enough to send the very best. So, Lord, may we, may we anticipate and eagerly wait for your kingdom to come. In Jesus' name we pray it. Amen. Today, Spirit of Grace is going to introduce a brand new song for you. And it, I couldn't resist. It just goes along with this theme so well. It's, a, it's the Lord's Prayer a kind of version uh, that is a bit different than the Lord's Prayer song, but it is that longing for the kingdom of God. So we invite you to stand. It's very singable. Please join us. Yesterday it was like, we don't have anybody.